Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hemingway, dedicated to Henry Farmer. In the year of the primal Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever, good whomever. I may find you, animal, vegetable, or mineral, whatever you are. Uh, I am Alan Averill, just the singer in a heavy metal band, and this is Agitators Anonymous, episode 160-something. Who knows? Who cares? It's the middle of the summer in Ireland, which means that it's grey and miserable and raining. We had a small run of good weather, and there's nothing Irish people like more than talking about the weather. But it's pretty grim out there. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I've got a couple of podcasts in the chamber, so to speak. A couple of things ready to go. Some more interesting chats. A lot of you liked the chat I did with Joey Vera, possibly the nicest man in heavy metal. Joey Vera from Armored Saint, uh, Fate's Warning, and who appeared on the base with the Merciful Fate reunion. You probably saw him killing it up there. Anyway, go back and check that one out. It's a great interview. Uh, speaking of Joey Vera and Armored Saint, we're all on Metal Blade Records together, Primordial, all of the bands I just mentioned. Um, and the show is sponsored by Metal Blade. It's, you can go to Metal Blade. Well, actually, you can't go to Metal Blade. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade Records and you can use the promo code AA2023 to get 10% off your order. And... That order could be, who knows what you might be ordering. You might be ordering Merciful Fate 9 because you never checked out the last Merciful Fate album because you only like Melissa and don't break the oath. Well, you're missing out. You could decide to go back and check out Cannibal Corpse The Bleeding. I don't know. Or Fate's Warning. Maybe you've been neglecting those first two Fate's Warning albums, which you shouldn't, especially if you like epic heavy metal. Anyway, what am I talking about? Um, like I said... Episode of Hike 160-something. And it's summer season, so it's festival season. Maybe your band is about to play, I don't know, maybe you're playing some festivals. Um, and you need a backdrop. Well, hit me up, slide into my DMs, pull up to the bumper, baby. Um, Grace Jones reference there for all of you who are keen-eyed. Send me a message and I can hook you up with some excellent fireproof backdrops at a cheaper rate than literally anywhere you're going to get them. So... With all that said, what am I going to talk about today? Making videos. Because Primordial is making the first video for the first song from the new album um, this weekend. 
Yes, while some of you are uh, heading off to a festival in sunnier climes, maybe you're heading off for an adventure somewhere, the Primordial Boys, well, some of them, the ones that like to appear in videos, are heading to Clonmel, to Cashel, the Rock of Cashel, where you go to kiss the Blarney Stone and all that kind of thing. Did you know that the, uh, the castle there has one of the most infamous oubliettes in Irish history? What's an oubliette? I think in French it's called... An oubliette literally translates as a place to forget. One of the most grim medieval tortures ever known and literally just locked in a dungeon. Um, a tiny dungeon with just a grate over it and literally just left to die. Well, no, we're not filming in there, but somewhere in that region. So I'm going to talk about making videos. Are they important anymore? What's my experience of them? What goes into them? What's the procedure, the planning, all that kind of thing? And how ultimately... They kind of leave me cold a bit. So that's what we're going to discuss today on Agitators Anonymous. So let's take, for example, the new album, the new promoted album, album number 10. Um, what's required of you and what's been required of um, us normally, and you see this for the last album, Exile Amongst the Ruins, and we started to do it back on Redemption. Uh, we made a video for the song Babel's Tower. Now, kind of what happens is this, is that you have three digital singles lined up and they come out roughly, let's say, three months before the album comes out, maybe a little bit under, a little bit under, and one song comes out every three to four weeks and it kind of spikes interest digitally. Um, I think the YouTube algorithm has changed quite considerably and it is harder to get views than it was 10 years ago. Um, I'll get into that later on in the episode, but... So you have these three singles lined up. So we have them with Primordial now lined up. And what's kind of required is three videos for each. Now, it really depends on what kind of band you are. And sometimes I'm kind of skeptical of the wisdom of this. But we live in an optical world. And let's say two of those videos sort of need to be slightly proper. And I'll explain what I mean by proper, as in something filmed. Um, you know, very often say to the Hell of the Hangman video is a performance video in our rehearsal video, in our rehearsal room even. And whereas Exile Amongst the Ruins um, is a kind of way of getting, you know, there's a storyline, a through line, and you can kind of follow that as a thread. Um, there's a sort of expectancy uh, by the label and you get a budget for those three videos and you have to kind of, it's quite complicated. So let's discuss how complicated so let's take this particular song we're going to um, shoot at the weekend. Now, I'm lucky enough to have a friend called Dave. He runs a company called Cleave, C-L-A-O-I-M-H. You can look that up on Google or whatever, whatever other um, search engine you're using. And basically, he runs a reenactment group. Now, it's a kind of connect the dots thing. If you're thinking about... Um, Let's take the Exile Amongst the Ruins video, which showed me as an English soldier returning back to Ireland and ending up being executed, being shot by three rebels. Now, the kind of through line, the storyline, it's pretty easy to uh, follow. And this is what you're kind of doing. First and foremost is taking the lyrics that you've written. Well, the lyrics that I've written in this case. And you're trying to think to yourself, well, what presents itself as a good through line, a good storyline. Now, I do think that many heavy metal bands get bogged down in rather complicated storylines. 
Um, and this can really be the ruination of a heavy metal video. There's very few heavy metal videos that really make an impression on, upon me as having some kind of artistic merit without sounding difficult about it. Having said that, though, I'm not really a cinema guy. I'm not really a video guy. So the artistry that goes into cinematography has never been something that really appealed to me that much. Hence why I generally feel a tiny bit let down after videos. But let's start at the start. So you pick your singles. You pick the three songs that you want to release. And once they're set in stone, they can't be changed. And it's quite difficult because if you think about the new Promodial album, we haven't had an album in four or five years. What is that first riff, that first note that says, right, we're back. And the first impressions that come with this, because when you go into the YouTube algorithm, for example, you can see how long people watch videos for. Primordial songs are long, and you can see that your average person watches a video for one minute 20. For example, if you talk to many labels, they will say, yeah, people watch between 45 seconds and one minute 45 seconds for a video. So if you have something dynamic happening in minute five, very often people don't get to that. Now with Primordial, uh, people who watch the videos tend to have a much longer view time, and we're quite thankful for that. But many people never get to the end of a video. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's hardly really surprising when you look around a world that prizes uh, headlines and clicks over the substance of a story, but that's just the way things are, and you have to try and kind of deal with it. So you try, you lock in your three singles, and you think to yourself, okay, maybe the first one has got to have the most dynamic visual impact. So you pick that one as the single um, with the video. Um, and then maybe you have a lyric video. Now, lyric videos are kind of sort of phasing out. But having said that, you look at the primordial videos throughout the last 10 years and you will see that the most viewed one is Where Greater Men Have Fallen, um, which has like 750,000 views or something like this. And um, we've never had a viral, and I'm doing parenthesis, or somebody told me that's incorrect, a little rabbit ears. Um, we've never had a video go viral. We've never had a Solstafir Fiara. And that sadly sometimes is the objective. I wish I could say that we make videos for the sake of artistry, but I'm not filming them. So maybe it's different because when you're in them, it's interminable. To me, as somebody who looks forward to the instant nature of playing live, standing around all day doing the same thing over and over again, repetition, um, I, it doesn't really appeal to me that much. I think my... Um, my attention span has been so shredded. Maybe I didn't have one to begin with anyway, but I'm not a man who likes spending ages and ages and ages doing the same thing over and over again. Recording vocals for albums, sometimes I can do a song in one take. And on the new album, I think I did two, maybe three, pretty much near to one take and was like, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Come listen next morning and go, nah, I could do, I could go, uh, instead of, uh, but it is what it is. Leave it. Um, I'm very much into the kind of spontaneity of creativity. So doing a video to me sometimes can be interminable. But at the end of the day, you have an opportunity to make something creative. So you should really put, um, I, th I say to myself that today I've been sitting around reading my book, um, sitting around doing a little bit of thinking, uh, staring off into the middle distance, looking moody uh, and thinking to myself, get into it this weekend, get, get, you need, this needs you to be proactive creative, creatively, even though it doesn't quite fire on all the cylinders. But you take those videos that we made in the past and you take a video like Exile Amongst the Ruins, which we put so much effort into, so much with the uniforms. I think it looks amazing, but it only has less than 200,000 views. So it got a third less than the views for Wheel Lightning to Split the Sun, which cost 
um, 300 euro, you know, to make because it was just an it was a show that was filmed already up on the houses of the holy, the uh, the holy hill up in Austria and up to now. And you think to yourself, wow, the video that we put the most amount of effort into got the least amount of views. Now, of course, it's not all about the views. Of course, it isn't. There is an artistry to it. But maybe I would feel a bit differently if I was actually filming it, but just being in it, it's a bit different. And you think to yourself, well, why did we go to so much effort to have less views than we should have got? Because what everybody's really searching for somehow is that, I call it the Solstice Fair Fiara moment. Now, if you're familiar with that song, Fiara, and um, with all due respect to my good buddies, Solstice Fair, I think that this song kind of broke them through onto another level. It was a really important video. It showcased the beauty of Iceland. Um, it was dramatic. It was a really, really great video, really well filmed. And it, it just kind of captured this kind of cultural metal zeitgeist at that moment where Iceland was just this otherworldly exotic place. Exotic is maybe not the right word, because I think when we think of the word exotic, we think of the south of southern countries, south of the equator, but not really in the true meaning of the word. So everybody is kind of looking for their Solstafir moment, their Fiara moment. And there was a part of me that thought, wow, maybe this is it when we shot Exile. In fact, there was a part of me that thought, this is it when we made Babel's Tower, but it wasn't. Babel's Tower still sits um, almost eight years after its release at under a million views. Now, that's not bad, you may say, but when you see some of the videos that do get millions upon millions of views, you realize that there is an incong incongruity about them. Is that the right word? The nature of things that get shared by people who aren't really interested in the music, who go, my God, have you seen this? Once upon a time, me and my cousin talked about filming a video, which was me in my apartment putting on all the black metal stuff and then just going out into the city at closing time, like the kicking out time of nightclubs when all of the fucking drunken morons are on the street going and just walking through the mall dressed up in all the black metal stuff. And he would just film me and people's reactions. And that's the kind of video that would get shared by so many people who have nothing to do with Primordial or whatever band that was for, because they would go, fucking hell, have you seen this? Jesus. And that's what I mean by placing something that shouldn't exist in the context of somewhere else is what people share. Like this Lebanon Hanover video, The Gallows Dance. I remember seeing that video when it was 10 or 15, 20,000 views. You know, sad goths buying bread at the start. And you could see people who maybe... Millions of people liked The Cure and Depeche Mode back in the day and they saw this and they went, oh, this kind of seems interesting. But it was the beginning of the video that made people share it. And that's what trying to understand why something goes viral is very complicated. Why did Exile Amongst the Ruins not go viral? Um, and it feels kind of vulgar discussing it because at the end of the day, it's still I'm still very proud of the video and its artistry and the artistry that went into Stolen Years also... Um, and also to Hello the Hangman. Those three songs, I think, made three very, very strong videos. And they have a very strong intent. But put them all together and you're not really talking about more than a million, two or three or four hundred thousand views. I mean, not bad. But they didn't click into capturing some form of cultural zeitgeist or sh viral sharing um, algorithm. And of course, those are the ugly things that you think about when you make videos, because at the end of the day, a video is made. I watch it three or four times and go, well, it's pretty cool. OK. And then you just look at the numbers. Um, numbers I'm interested in. Uh, standing around all day, two or three days in a row, doing the same bits of repetition, eh, less so. But this is kind of 
the nuts and bolts of making a video. So what you do is you have your lyrics, you try and pick a theme. Now, I'm not going to try and um, ruin the theme of the upcoming video, but we're going back into the 17th century, early 17th century in Ireland. Uh, we've got the uniforms, we've got the outfits, we've got all this kind of stuff. And what you want to do, um, my, um, if any of you have ever seen a film called Field in England, I would ad advise going to view it. It's a very strange um, movie that relies more on sort of moody shots and it's about soldiers separated from their battalion. Again, in England, I think, in the Cromwellian times, um, roundheads, I think they were called, uh, and they take mushrooms, if I'm not incorrect, and it's kind of a half-trippy, half-weird kind of movie. And in those terms, as a reference point, you're not looking for a through line, a storyline, like, you know, character A said to character B this. You're not looking to break the fourth wall, which is you're not speaking to camera. So you're not like um, dressed as a, um, a character from the Ireland from 1630 or 1640 in a military uniform who then turns and sings the words into the camera, which is called breaking the fourth wall, if I'm not incorrect with that, which is a kind of dramatic theatrical term, which means breaking the um, breaking the setting that you're in to talk directly to the audience. It became a thing which um, certain sitcoms did quite famously when somebody would break character and like speak to the audience. I think a good example is maybe, um, let's say House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. Um, where he steps aside every now and again and talks to the camera. That's breaking the fourth wall, as I understand it. Of course, somebody can hit me up in the comments and go, no, it's not, it's the this, that, the other. Anyway, so you pick, you try and pick your um, uniforms or whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe you're doing a performance video or standing on a stage, which I always felt very weird about. Are you going to stand there on the stage and like headbang in front of an empty venue? I never really liked those videos. You can see in Stolen Years, we filmed a show in Romania and sort of cut it into one of those black and white, you know, um, we are the road crew type videos, which are much easier to make because you don't have to pretend. So then what you need to do, I mean, if you think one of the things that you have to think about also is that if you look at 80s heavy metal videos, let's say you're docking and you're done docking and you're hiring a helicopter and a truck and a this, that and the other. Sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent on those videos. Now your budget for making a video, which is supposed to look as good, again, I'm doing that parenthesis, rabbit ears thing, um, you might be getting one or two thousand uh, euro to make such a video or a tiny bit more, or you're getting a couple of times that and you're supposed to make three. The budgets are so small now and the reward or what you're supposed to give back is supposed to, I suppose, be of an equivalent standard to Videos that once upon a time cost 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 um, dollars back in the day. And once upon a time, there was, of course, MTV. I remember seeing the um, premiere of My Dying Bride, Symphonaire Spirus et some bloody, bloody, blah. You know the one, the first EP. Video was 10 minutes long, and MTV aired the whole thing. And if you ask me, that kind of made MDB's career in a sense that before MTV canned everything and stopped playing music and stopped playing rock or stopped playing metal, if you got a video on rotation on MTV, it could make your career. And there are still bands now who play festivals getting paid considerable sums of money whose early career was probably formed on the back of MTV. Think of Morbid Angel, Covenant, those amazing videos for Rapture and God of Emptiness. 
They were uh, subsidied by a major label they just signed to think a cathedral, think of my dying bride, Paradise Lost. And um, there was once a special on MTV which was at the gates, um, at the gates, Anathema and I think my dying bride playing together just in Nottingham Rock City. But that was watched by probably hundreds of thousands of people. About- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And like Primordial just, I mean, missed all those things. Even though we had an album out in 94, 95, whatever year it was, we're so far away from even being on tour, let alone having a video, even, even a crappy video back in the day that would have been watched by tons of people. So now the parameters are different. It's just purely for YouTube. It's purely for Vimeo or whatever. So you have to find people willing to work within very, very tight constraints and budgets. And most of the videos we made were more or less made in a day, maybe a day and a half. And you were really relying on the people who were editing to do sterling work and work beyond the hours that they were realistically paid for. So right now, we've set the location, we have the driver, we have somebody flying in to do some filming, we've got the uniforms, the outfits, and then I look at the weather forecast and it goes, torrential rain, um, thunder showers, storms, and I go, well, okay, now we have to change some of our plans, change our tactic, it might look even better, who knows, I mean, but again, filming in the lashing rain, very hard. But that's Ireland during the summer. So something very small can almost make you completely change your plans. But everybody is pulling together really to try and make something special from a very, very small budget. Now, let's go to the Babel's Tower video. At the time, um, my cousin had a very particular idea of what how he interpreted the lyrics and interpreted the song. In the middle, you'll notice that I crush up uh, magic mushrooms and a kind of mushroom trip going on. And then that first motif of me being buried is it which self of me is it that's being buried? Um, there's an awful lot of esoteric um, sort of imagery within that video. Then we carry that on to exile where I get executed at the end. Now we're thinking to ourselves, well, this is going to be a thing that we're going to have to do in every video. Execute Avril, as many people um, have obviously and often dreamt of doing so. But in those terms of Babel's Tower... You're trusting other people who are experts or who have a particular artistic vision to help you move things along. Now, not always are those people available for everything that you do. And I think back in Babel's Tower, we had three or four times the budget of what we're working with now. And you got to do, you know, you built little tracks. I think that it's called a dolly where you have the camera, a proper camera, and you push it along these tracks to get, um, you know, to film side, you know, alongside people who are running and walking. And everybody had, you know, these kind of um, body kind of cams that were, I don't know how to describe as a layman, um, gravity defying. I'm not really sure how to explain it. 
you know the kind of things I mean. These expensive kind of body cams that you can move up and down as if you're the if you're the person filming and the the camera stays at a constant level and angle. There were helpers, there were drivers, there was this, that, the other, and it wasn't a huge production, but there was some people there. Now we move on eight, nine, ten years, and um, none of those people are available anymore. None of the kind of people who had some expertise in sort of Irish filmmaking. You're trying to uh, pull things together from a much, much smaller financial pool, but yet still have the same standard of those old videos. And then you think to yourself, after you've made the video, the Exile Among the Ruins video, you think to yourself, maybe this was the wrong song. Maybe that's why it didn't go viral or didn't get more views. It's very hard to say why did one thing fail and one thing succeed on those terms. Um, And it's very, you can drive yourself mad by overanalyzing those things. There's also other things to consider, which is that um, when we made the Babel's Tower video, we had to get a permit for filming on that particular land. You can't really, well, you can and you can't. If you find an isolated enough ruin, um, right now a friend of mine has identified what he thinks are kind of isolated ruins that we might be able to film something cool on, and you're going, okay. But then you arrive and who knows, somebody set up a little gate and there's some security guard, or perhaps there's um, a big, I don't know, big group of Italian kids on a daily excursion who are all sitting eating a picnic and you're wandering around either wearing corpse paint or dressed up as a roundhead or a cavalier or something like this. And what you're doing is going to cause a bit of a stir and people are going to come down and go, what the fuck is going on, lads? Ireland is a country that's very heavy with civil and local bureaucracy. Um, somebody somewhere will come down, uh, you know, with a high-vis vest on and go, lads, you can't be here. You know you can't be here. And we'll go, well, why not? And they'll go, look, just fuck off, etc., etc. It's a very Irish thing. And so you have to be aware that the place that you've picked might not be perfect. This happened to us only the other day. We had to take primordial pictures. And there was this really, really cool place like a Victorian folly that had kind of occult connections. It was called the Octagon. And it's a, it's in a place called... Um, the Vale of Avoca, I think, just outside Dublin in the Wicklow Mountains. Um, beautiful place that during the lockdown, me and my friends cycled up to and it was all overgrown and there were, they still had the original, all the original towers and it just was a really, really cool place. We arranged to go and take primordial pictures there recently and we arrived and the local city council had it fenced off. They painted the whole thing white. They'd taken out the original floor. They were going to try and make some sort of weird interpretive centre but I'm sure would have turned into a coffee shop and then they just kind of run out of gusto run out of wind and just left it um, fenced off but painted white so of course kids had already started to scribble on all the walls they put iron bars Um, again this endless nanny statism just if I'm going to be diverted for a while of like oh you're a fool you'll probably jump off this you'll probably jump but you'll fall out the window don't be sitting on that so we'll put an iron bar that's just like six inches higher than the place you know the the window seat that they were so worried that you were going to fall out of instead some kid's going to just sit on the iron bar etc it goes on and on and on if you go through Dublin airport you'll probably notice Every time you're about to step onto one of those floor-moving escalators, it says, hold on to the side of the escalator, you fucking idiot. Um, And you think to yourself, my friend Steve Hughes had a great joke about that. And once upon a time, it was just called common sense. There's a big hole on the ground. You walk around the hole. Now you need loudspeakers screaming at you. Don't, don't walk near the hole. Don't go near the hole. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on. 
So they've ruined this beautiful old, I may, maybe even earlier than Victorian, but this beautiful old folly um, that was once had had all sorts of an, an air of, let's say, occult mystery, esoteric suggestion about it, completely ruined by the local council, who I'm sure don't give a shit about it. And if I go back there in six months, it will be the same, except the fence will be broken down even a bit more with more people having drawn their name on it and scribbled on it. Um, anyway, I digress. But that's the nature of Agitators Anonymous, isn't it? But it's hard when you're um, when you're an instantaneous, as kind of spontaneous person to square that circle with making a video because making a video is very repetitious. So you end up standing around um, from the morning till maybe eight, nine, ten in the evening. Um, I did a little bit of extra work years and years ago on some movies and some TV shows. I mean, we're talking 20 odd years ago and almost all day was just spent around sitting doing nothing. Um, it's Acting may seem like... Um, I don't know, it can seem attractive. I guess it is to a certain kind of mindset. But to me, it just seemed interminably boring. Um, the thing that about being in a band was the instantaneous nature of standing on a stage once the intro goes and seeing people. And making a video is almost the exact opposite. It's a meticulous construction. And you're also not really viewing it because obviously if you're in it, you're not filming it yourself. Although... The chances are, like I said, if I just had um, a GoPro and held it up and just walked through the streets at 3 a.m. in my in, you know, black metal outfit and just film people, that video would probably get be the most viewed promotive video there has ever been. Um, because you're doing something lo-fi, incongruous, like what the fuck is he doing walking through the city? It's got that nature of, oh, have you, you seen this guy walking through the blah, blah. That's what people like. Set something up on a rooftop in a, in a, you know, in a favela in South America and do some, you know, aggressive sort of hip hop kind of thing with an old uh, crowd gathered at the, around the ground. People watch that. I think people want to see just something a bit strange, something a bit different. Maybe that's where you say you take Exile Amongst the Ruins, maybe shot as too overarching a concept. Um, and it didn't really resonate with people because they went, well, OK, song's kind of boring. Video, yeah, whatever. And we were, to all intents and purposes, actors. We were acting. Whereas to another hangman, which got three, four times more views, is us playing in a rehearsal room. And people are going, oh, okay, it's the guys. They're playing in a rehearsal room. Never seen Primordial playing in a rehearsal room before. But once upon a time, the band probably would have showed up and just been told, you stand there, you do this, you're going to have to do your air guitar solo, blah, 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 whatever it is. Now you're entirely involved in every part of the process. So you don't, other than just worrying about... Um, whether the video is going to turn out cool or not. Um, a good example is Dread Sovereign. Um, well, I'll say this first. You're involved in every part of the process, trying to pull together all of those invoices, trying to pull together all of the finances to come in under budget, get people to do things for free, which is very much um, a sort of crushing reality of the modern music industry, the modern everything industry, the modern creative industry, where you're trying to get people to do things. Hey, I know... I'm asking you to do something for less than your normal rate or a rate that you got five years ago, but that's just how things are now. Otherwise, uh, the AI writing is on the wall and you probably know that um, a machine is going to be doing your job in the next couple of years. But everything has been downsized and everybody is trying to do things for less and less finances. But I'll give you a, a good example of how disappointing the whole process can be. Now, Dread Sovereign also made videos for the last album. Um, and we made a video that some of you may have seen that was a cartoon strip. And it was drawn by hand, I think. 
um, or at least made every frame, made frame by frame by frame. Um, and it's for, um, it's not Nature of the Devil's Church, it's She Wolves of the Savage Season, I think. And it's about me and the other two guys uh, crash landing on an island and being taken captive by these Amazonian women. The whole concept is brilliant. And you know what? The other one, Nature of the Devil's Church, which was a sort of put together kind of Crowleyan, uh, quite, you know, straightforward video mixed in with some extra bits of us playing live. That one got more views than the super cool one. And what do you say with this um, this very talented Russian girl who was um, Red Raven Duran, I think, Red Raven Doc, I can't remember, um, on Instagram, who actually, when I think about it now, has worryingly disappeared. Get back in touch. Um, and that so much effort was put into that She Was a Savage Season video. And I was thinking to myself, this is brilliant. Comic book. It's going to get some really good views. In the end, I got like 25,000 views. And the video that took a couple of days that was just images of, you know, occult images and images of uh, Crowley got way more. And it was kind of vaguely, I mean, it was set to the whole um, frustration of lockdown and everything like that. But it just seemed like a further indignity. It seemed like, wow, how little you're rewarded for this incredible creative enterprise that somebody wrote a comic book. And we set it to the video. Go and have a look at it if you want. I'll put a link to it if you're listening on YouTube or whatever underneath. And it's incredible. And yet people didn't really seem interested. And I suppose that is the kind of numbing experience you can get from making a video. Um, that it's a kind of necessity. And if you're inclined to think about things, these things quite a lot, you will look at the numbers and you'll go, hang on, we put so much effort into this, so much effort into X amongst the ruins. And it w seemed like it wasn't viewable, wasn't shareable, didn't get clicks, didn't get whatever. Now, of course, of course, that's not the only reason why you do anything creative. We know this. We know this. Um, but like I said, cinematography and film isn't really my medium. I'm not a big cinema guy. I'm a, I am to a point and I am particular about the movies that I like and certainly more or less everything mainstream. Nah, you're talking about a man who never saw Rambo until he was in his 30s. All the 80s movies that everybody liked, the romancing, the stone, the predator, the whatever. Yeah, zero interest when I was a kid. I was more likely to be found watching Akira Kurosawa or Jim John Munch or something. Munch? Munch. Whatever. Um, because I was a, you know, a sad kid. Whatever you want to say. Um, so all of the, you know, teenage reference points from the 80s. I've done a covers band with the guys from Gamma Bomb and they would be talking to each other in lines from 80s movies. And I'd be like, what's that from? And they're like, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'd be like, never saw it. And they would just be like dumbfounded. I was like, look, I, I don't know. Whatever. Look, I was probably listening to Venom Black Metal when you were busy. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so you can't help but have an element of um, vague, sort of detached disappointment when something you put so much effort into kind of doesn't get what you think is the reward. And it's not necessarily the reward for your part in it. It's more the reward for, like I said, um, with the Exile Amongst the Ruins video, all the people who pulled together, who flew over, who edited it, who the uniforms, everybody who put together Johnny King from Conan. God damn it, he even shaved his beard off for that video. He's, um, you know, he's in that video uh, and, of course, didn't get paid for that. Um, and everybody put their efforts together and you go, oh, didn't do so well. well I suppose this is the, um, well, this is the, you know, the danger you have with, what's well, the danger? Um, but it's the, 
It's something you have to wrestle with no matter what it is creatively that you're making. Whatever it is. I mean, because if you take a painting, you know, you're painting for the sake of catharsis, maybe release. You're getting rid of some sort of emotional state. You're doing it to calm yourself. You're doing it because it's something you want to say. But ultimately, you're painting for yourself unless you show it in a, at an exhibition or you show it online or something like this. A video is rather different because you're, it's designed for people to view. You're not making a video for a tiny, small amount of people um, only interested in um, some very particular artistic niche. Well, I mean, some people maybe are here and there, but generally you're not. It's designed because you want to get eyeballs on it. So it stands and falls, sadly, um, when it comes to merit, I suppose, on whether people have viewed it or not. The Solstafir effect. And also, because that particular song, Solstafir Fiara, I think... You could see that when you go and see them live, sometimes at a club show, when they play that song, you get this squeals of delight from certain people who maybe aren't really Solstafir fans, but they're fans of that song because it's such a moving, beautiful song. Um, and it reached an awful lot of people um, who weren't maybe interested in the, the place where Solstafir came from, you know, the epic black metal roots. And maybe in a way, Primordial did that a little bit with To Hell of the Hangman. You know, there were some people who liked that song but didn't really like Primordial. But Exile Amongst the Ruins perhaps is too typical a Primordial song. It's too dour, it's too slow, it's too miserable. It's too dark, in a sense. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Or else, maybe we should just um, let the dramatic Irish landscape, of which there is plenty, um, showcase that more than our ugly faces. Who knows? Who knows, my friends? But... When you make a video, you are setting yourself up for a whole different set of um, vague disappointment, but also measures, um, mathem ma mathematical measurements of that vague disappointment. So what can you do other than try and gather the troops, gather your energy and think to yourself, don't be such a pain in the arse. Very, very few bands, very few people get to have the opportunity to make um, low-budget, lo-fi videos like yourself. So try and put some energy into it. And my friends, that's what we will try and do this weekend. This is Agitators Anonymous. I am Alan Averill. Um, greetings to you all from a dark, windy, cold Dublin summer. Um, the album, the new Primordial album, album number 10, is all, it's glooming into view. It's lurching into view like the behemoth that it is. The big epic metal, um, well, let's just call it monolith that it is, album number 10. And very soon we're going to start talking about that. And very soon you're going to be able to see the video that I'm talking about right now. And you can judge for yourself. And um, just remember, share it with every person in your friends list. Well, my friends, that is Agitators Anonymous, episode 160 something or other. And that is making a video. What goes into it? The thoughts, the disappointments. Um, the repetition and ultimately what comes out the other side that you can look back on and go, yeah, you can feel a sense of satisfaction with that. Somebody said to me, are you excited about making the video? I said, no, I've never been excited about making a video ever in my life. I'm excited by getting on a plane and going to Chile or Brazil or Mexico. That's what makes me, well, maybe not excited, but to anybody who knows me, they'll know those two words don't really go in the same sentence. Anyway, my friends, you will soon see the fruits of our labor and you be the judge of it. In the meantime, go and check out Cleave, C-L-A-O-I-M-H dot I-E, I think, to have a look at my friend Dave's um, 
form of living history lectures and we shall see you next week with some other interesting stuff to discuss. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.